Real Black Consciousness Real Forum. Black Consciousness Real Black Forum. Consciousness Forum. Now, if you want to talk about uh, guns, why is it that there's a gun shop on almost every corner in this community? Why? Tell you why. For the same reason that there's a liquor store on almost every corner in the black community. Why? They want us to kill ourselves. You go out to Beverly Hills, you don't see that shit. But they want us to kill ourselves. Yeah, the best way you can destroy a people, you take away their ability to reproduce themselves. Who is it that's dying out here on these streets every night? Y'all, y'all, y'all. All of our entertainers, see, we have the talent. They have the expertise. They attach themselves to our talent. They are the managers, the agents, and they are the accountants. And that's why our black artists loved fame and got fame, but died poor because somebody else got their money, sent their children to the finest schools, and are able to continue to rule while you pass on nothing to your children but the legacy of your fame and nothing else. But today, they've developed a new strategy. Let's make our Negroes rich. A new strategy. The old strategy was let them die broke. Welcome to Real Black Contents Forum Podcast. This is Big VJ checking in. Today's conversation, I just want to be able to shoot the bobo. Right? We're just going to have a conversation, beloved, and shoot the bobo because, um, you know, I've been listening to the village, and the village have been talking about the Kyrie situation is going on, the Kanye situation is going on. They don't hear anything from Diddy, though. They don't hear anything from Jay-Z. And beloved, I'm going to submit to you guys earlier that those guys have already been bought. They have no voice. They have nothing to talk about because the voice that they have, they, it don't even belong to them. It's already bought. Diddy voice was bought years ago, right? When he did a deal with Clive Davis. Clive Davis owned a part of Diddy. His musical career, he invested $50 million in advance to Bad Boy Entertainment. Anything outside of music, Diddy belongs to a guy named Ron Burkle. Ron Burkle is a devil. He's a billionaire. He owns all kind of shit, uh, supermarket chains all over the country, private jets, private planes. He's a best friend with Bill Clinton. He owns the, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. He owns Barney's in New York, right? And when Barney's was having that whole stop and frisk thing and it was making headline news and our people were talking about boycotting Barney and they was going to get some lawyers together to potentially throw a suit. Who did they call? They went and called Jay-Z and he came and throw the cold water on the whole thing. And because those guys belong to them, they don't belong to us. They've been, they already been bought. Right. And I wish hip hop would be a lot like NASCAR because it'll make it a lot easier for us in the village. Right. Cause NASCAR, you don't have to, you know, when that devil get out that race car, you don't have to figure out who's sponsoring him, who's financing him. He got the patch on. You see the McDonald's patch on him and the 
Valvoline patch on him, and he got the Lowe's patch on him. You know what I'm saying? You know, he got the Home Depot patch. He got the Sprite patch. He got the Eminem patch. So you already know who he belonged to. NASCAR make it easy. But when it comes to hip-hop, it gets a little tricky. When it comes to black entertainers, it get a little tricky. You have to kind of figure out who owns who and who is financing who. And then that's just where we at because, you know, as they say, it's the golden rule. And he who got all the gold, beloved, they're, um, they're making all the rules, right? So this is nothing new, beloved. You know, America has been playing this game with our people since 1880. And it's the typical, you know, put the black face in the front and get the black dollars and use the black dollars to pay the salaries of white workers. Because there's no way America can give us six black billionaires and don't none of them have a factory. They're just, they're the voice of the operation. But there was a man that lived amongst us, right? And uh, his name was Mr. Muhammad. I'm talking about Elijah. Peace be upon him. He's no longer here. Elijah gave us the blueprint of what real business looked like. Because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't really know because he was really pushing a do-for-self agenda in our village, right? So much so that in 1975, beloved, the Nation of Islam was worth $80 million, right? And the headquarters at that time was Chicago like it is now. So in Chicago alone, the Nation of Islam had 18 businesses within the city. Nationwide total, Mr. Muhammad had 11,000 employees. Now, this is just with the $80 million empire. America now, fast forward, is telling you and I that we have six billionaires, right? So it's Oprah, it's Michael Jordan, it's Jay-Z, it's uh, Rihanna, it's LeBron James, and they just added Diddy to the list. And between those six billionaires, how many employees do you think that they have total? I'm willing to bet this in the hundreds. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm willing to go as high as 350 employees total between the six billionaires. It may be less than that. Because the arm that they got associated with is just the voice arm. But when Mr. Muhammad was doing business, he showed us what? He had the five fingers of business. It was production, manufacturing, distribution, retail, and the voice. It was the five fingers. Since 1880, again, beloved, the devil and the small hat, they got together. They got a new scheme, used the black face to get the black dollars to keep so-called white folks working. And that's what those six billionaires are doing. Michael Jordan, he got a shoe. Where's the factory? Do we work at the factory? No, of course not. They say Diddy owns Ciroc. I never believed it. I don't believe it now because I understand, beloved, that See, these liquor companies come with a factory, and these factories come with a family. And these families, they're not going to work hard, blood, sweat, and tears to put their product out just to hand 50% of a company over to a guy that's from New York. And No, I don't. Business don't work that way. When you see liquors, those are families, beloved. Hennessy is a family. Crown Royal is a family. You know what I'm saying? Like, um... You like Budweiser and shit like that? Okay, well, Anheuser-Busch, that's a family. 
they just don't break up the family business and just to hand pieces over to people that don't know how to run the business without their help. It doesn't work that way. They may play business with you on paper, but they not. If we just talking real talk, right? Because it's interesting how these, again, they play boss. And of course, Jay-Z, they put the guy in front of us before he played boss. Like he ran the nets and he just, he was an owner and he's showing up at the draft and he's talking about picks. He's sitting with the executives. But when it all came down to it, like Big Mama say, if it didn't come out the wash, it's going to come out the rents. He owned less than 1% of a team. But he paraded around us. I mean, he was on a media run. They had the guy on the press tour. He's talking all about the Brooklyn Nets and we thinking he's the real owner. He wasn't. Well, they got these guys on another press tour. The press tour is that they own liquor companies and but where's the factory? If I own 50% of Ciroc, that means I can say, okay, I'm going to put um, I'm going to put a Ciroc factory out in upstate New York. Or I'm going to put it down south somewhere in these right-to-work states so I can get away from the unions. I'm going to put me a Ciroc uh, factory in Texas. I'm going to put me a fret. No, they don't have the power to do that. You think Diddy got the power to put a Ciroc factory in Georgia or Tennessee somewhere? We know that guy ain't got, come on, man. I'm willing to bet Diddy can't even get in a Ciroc factory. Somebody, one of the employees got the badge of man. They won't let, his, his picture is not sitting up there on the wall as one of the owners because the factory is in France. So it goes back to the, that's the old 1880 trick, beloved. And I'm saying that's Saul, right? And my Christian brothers and my Hebrew Israelite brothers are going to get this analogy. That way of doing business is like Saul. And that's, it's on its way out. Doing business like Mr. Muhammad, controlling the five fingers of business is like David. That's what's coming back in play. Saul is on his way out. We're not interested in you just putting up black face in front of us and he playing boss and we know, come on, man, we, you talking about a liquor company? You think they really splitting 50% of that profit with Diddy like they supposed to, bro? When, when they're making, they're producing and manufacturing Ciroc and they're distributing it and they're selling cases in Turkey and goddamn Germany and Belgium and, um, England and they send in cases down to Morocco and Egypt and South Africa and they send it to Brazil and they send it to Nigeria. You think he knows how to read that book like that? You think he knows that you think they're going to be just honest with him and say, no, they're just going to cut him a little check and say, okay, here's your piece. That's it. That's a family business. Jay-Z came to the village years ago and he said, beloved, that Chris Tall wasn't honoring the culture. They wasn't showing no respect for the culture. So he felt like it's time to go out and launch his own champagne line. And then he came back with Ace of Spades. Is that not right? Okay. Well, you just told us that these Frenchies at Cristal was racist. But then you opened up the Ace of Spades line, but the factory is still in France. So we're confused now. Well, wait a minute. You, you said one group of Frenchies is racist, and then you put up a factory, and you hire another group of Frenchies? No, we know better. The factory is already there. You saying you own Doucet, we know better, brother. The factory is already there. It was already in France. If it's your business and you own 50% of it, we'll put a factory in New York for your people to work at. Put a factory in Tennessee for your people to work at. You, you don't have the power to do that because it's not yours. 
<laughs> it's like some Debo shit. You know, when Red was talking to Debo, he said, man, this bike like both of ours. We just going to keep it at my house. Debo was like, nah. <laughs> Debo in this situation is the Frenchies that really own the factories. Like, nah, it's, nah, it's not really yours. It's mine. I, it's, it's ours. <laughs> it's ours. We keep it at my house. We control all the production, you know, all the manufacturing, all the distribution. It's ours. But we're going to keep everything and we'll let you know on the tail end what's going on. Now, I don't want that deal. That's Saul. That deal is on its way out, beloved. We can't use that blueprint no more. That shit. It's time to bring David in. But we can't blame Jay-Z because, again, he learned it from Russell. And, um, you know, New York, beloved, they have been so good at being, you know, that's that 1880 trick, that manipulation and business tactic to put the black face, to get the black dollars to keep so-called white folks employed. They use that on New York guys more than anybody. That's why sometimes on this podcast, I don't want to offend nobody, but I say, you know, all them niggas in New York is bought because they've been running that system so strong out there. It's it's commonplace out there. I mean, it's on its way out, but they're still trying to hold on to the little last leg that they got, beloved. Um, but Russell Simmons, he's showing Jay-Z them the ropes and they just doing what they see him do because Russell was at Def Jam, but Russell was the face. Rick and Leo, the small hats in the back, that's how that normally works. Russell goes out. He makes all the, you know, he plays nice with the artists. He's from Queens. You know, he can talk to LL Cool J, you know, all. but the real, that's how it works. The nigga in the front, the small hats in the back. They've been doing that in New York since the Harlem Globetrotters. Our people out there running up and down the court, but the person that's getting the money is in the back. Then they did the same thing with the N one. Our people all out there on the court, right? They got the N one mixtapes and all that, but the guys that run the show get the money in the back. The small hats in the back. They've been doing that with the NFL and the NBA, all our people out there on the field running around, but it's the small hats in the back. They've been telling black Americans, if you have talent, you can sing, you can dance, you know what I'm saying? You can tell jokes. For over 50 years, they've been telling black Americans, if you got all these talents, if you live in California or Montana or Michigan or Texas or Louisiana, they say, well, come to New York City, come to the Apollo and get on stage and show your talents. And Is that right? But when you get to Apollo, we own the stage. But guess who's in the back that owns the building? And it's them. They've been running this game on our people. And then when you tell your brothers from New York that they always give you this street legend story. Especially when you talk about the Apollo. Oh, man, you know Guy Fisher, brother. Guy Fisher owned the Apollo. Guy Fisher owned the Apollo. Apollo been in business for 100 years, bro. Guy Fisher put some money down in 1977. God damn it, in 1984, the man was in jail. But I told you they do our people like that. They keep you in the middle. They play street with you. And then you they give you the street code. And then when you get caught, you go in the judicial system. He's he's playing both. They play both sides of the fence over there. Right. When you're in the streets, he's lucky Luciano. He's in the cold with you. He's the gangster with you. But when you get caught, you get arrested. They take you before the judge. All of a sudden, it's Judge Weinstein. See, they keep you in the middle. That's the game they play. You are in the streets. He's Dutch Schultz. He's the gangster with you. You get arrested. 
they take you downtown, you, you sit in the detective room and you look up and you see Lieutenant O'Malley and you say, oh, okay, that's is how <laughs> they keep you in the middle. They play both sides of the fence. But maybe that's a different story for a different day. That's the game of 1880, beloved, and we're tired of seeing that game. That shit is on its way out, and David, beloved, is on his way in. We don't want to be in the front no more. We want to be able to control the five fingers of business. We want our people in the front and in the back. We don't want you guys in the back no more getting the money. We want to get the money ourselves. Is that right? We just want to do something different, beloved. We not into, no, man, that's, I'm tired of, you know, we like the Wu-Tang. You know, I liked the Wu-Tang. I thought they was a pretty deep group and they was talented. And yeah, I, we liked it Prodigy and we liked it Mob Deep, but that's them in the front. And guess who? Steve is in the back. We liked it, the award shows, but the one that had the most grip over the culture at a certain time was called the Source Awards, man. Because everybody that was somebody was at the Source Awards and you wanted to make the magazine, and even though they were selling the fake-ass jury in the magazine, the artists wrapped their heart out so they can get five mics or four-and-a-half mics or four mics. That was a big thing at our time. But that's the age-old game at the Source magazine. Bazzino out in the front. John and Dave is in the back. So we just don't, we don't want that no more. We've been playing that game for so long, beloved. It's it's so bad now. They Again, they trying to give us six billionaires and don't none of them have a factory. There's not one factory for that people to work at. But again, we already know better for Mr. Muhammad. We not into, nah, man, that shit ain't where it's at. God damn it. Boosie want to throw a good interview? Yeah, we want to hear our brother Boosie talk. Yeah, put the country nigga up there. Let him talk every now and then. Tell some more war stories. And we like T.K. Kirkland. We want to. We want him to talk and give his interviews. But they are in the front. This DJ Vlad in the back. Some of us ain't want to hear that watered down hip hop. We wanted to hear the streets, the voice of the streets. So we turned to mixtapes. Jeezy had a classic mixtape. Gucci Man made classic mixtapes. Yo Gotti. Made classic mixtapes, but that's the that's the old school play. They in the front, DJ Drama, the undercover small hat, he's in the back. No, we just let's do a new arrangement, brother. We don't want to get it. We don't want to get in all that, man. It's time to start something new, man. We just nah nah. We, let's keep everything all the way black. We just don't want to be black out in the front. We want to be black in the front and the side and Right. And on the left side, the right side. And we want to be black everywhere because it's a shame, beloved. I mean, something that that bothers me personally, beloved, you know, when you see the Rock Nation brunch and you see all the artists on the pictures to Fat Joe's and company and DJ Khaled. And just to know that all these people that signed in with Rock Nation and then they're signed in from there to a small hat on company. I just have a feeling about that. It's just that's not something I care to look at. You know what I mean? Just to. You know, again, I wish it was like NASCAR. That way, when you see Dio Hughley, he have to say something about our brother Ye. He has to wear a sticker that says property of Jeremy Zimmer, because that's a small hat that he's in contract with. When uh, Lil Duval got something to say about Ye, he need to have his NASCAR sticker that says property of Jeremy Zimmer, because Jerry, Jeremy Zimmer, he controlled both these Negroes. He got a bunch of Negroes that signed to him. In fact, it was Jeremy Zimmer that threw 
He hosted the boycott on the West Coast. Everybody need to stop supporting Ye, get rid of Ye, shut Ye down. And then, so what did you expect Dio Hughley to say? He's in contract with this guy. This is his boss blowing the trumpet. And in the Midwest, it's Ari Manuel. He's blowing the trumpet in the Midwest. So, I mean, it's like, but they're all in contract with him. That's all. They're on their way out. <laughs> David is on his way in. Our brother Tyler Perry, Meek Mills, Eddie Murphy, Forrest Whitaker, Denzel Washington. Damn, brother. All y'all signed into the house that William Morris built. And beloved, don't you know William Morris? That was a fake name. His real name was Zillman Moses. He's a small hat, German small hat immigrant that built the house that signed up all the black talent. So you won't hear much from Queen Latifah no more because all of them is signed to the same person. But that's all, man. <laughs> is that right? That's all, man. David is coming in. Root Magazine. Our people in the front at Root. Take a guess who's in the back. Beloved, we tired of seeing that, man. We tired of seeing bald niggas. But the beautiful thing about these bald niggas is that they can't even fool nobody no more these days. When Shaq make a silly comment, our people is on their ass. When Charles Barkley make a silly comment, our people is on their ass. When Stephen A. say something silly, our people is on their ass. They on their Instagram ass. They Twitter ass. They calling up the goddamn TNT or ESPN, wherever they sitting at. They just, hey, man, that's some goddamn, oh, no, that's some time shit, nigga. That, you sound like you bought, nigga. <laughs> Yo, our people, they start to block certain, because we see the scheme of the devil is the same. We know why ESPN called Stoudemire up there, because it's the Kyrie thing. And that's what they do. They let us tear each other down. Hey, if they put one nigga up there to, hey, this is, there's no time to shine. We need you to attack him because we're going to sit back. We're not going to do it. Why are black folks answering anti-Semitic questions and in the game or the character that you play in America, you're not Semitic. That's not the character that they gave you. They gave you black and brown in this country. So when they ask you, you know, how do you feel about uh, Kyrie's anti-Semitic comments? Say, I don't know. Get a goddamn small head in here. Let him answer. That ain't for me to answer. I talk about the black questions. Pull the small hats in. But see, they're not talking out verbally in person, but you know they're making the calls behind the closed doors and walls and buildings and condos and calls being made. So where all these niggas at with these goddamn small hat friends? Tell your friends to let up off Kanye a little bit. Them your friends. Ain't that what Noy said? Isaac got small hat friends. What goddamn? Your friends, they got them putting pressure on you. Tell them, call your dogs off. They're, they're your friends. Or are they your friends? It's a new day, beloved. It's a new day, beloved. We, yeah, we going somewhere else with this thing, man. Nah, we ain't. Nope, nope, nope. Saul is on his way out the door, and we just ain't. Nah, we not with that shit no more. <laughs> It couldn't have been me, bro. I, I wanted a Kyrie, man. Um, I'm I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna leave you leave you with this. You know what I'm saying? Um, the niggas that we see, them niggas just bought, but they on their way out. And even though they bought, 
we know our people can be reformed, so we love them. We love Jay Z here, bro. We love Diddy. Um, it kind of hurt my heart to see Diddy on stage in his fifties, man. You know what I'm saying? Because this whole billionaire title is like a backhand compliment. I think it's like a dirty joke. Um, first of all, we had a conversation maybe three or four years ago, and we talked about how billionaire is just a club. It doesn't mean that you really have a billion dollars in sales. And in capitalism, in order to be a billionaire, the sales got to match up with what you got going on. But Diddy been cold over 10 years. He ain't had a hit in 10 years, man. Um, Ryan Burke will finance everything he does. He doesn't have no real money. He wanted to get into fashion. It was uh, it was rumored that it was Ryan Burkle, the billionaire devil that gave him the $100 million to get this Sean John shit going on. He ain't got no real money. Um, from what we hear, Ryan, again, he financed all these niggas. You know, he stood next to Magic Johnson. And, you know, some things, beloved, it's just we can do one plus one. You know what I'm saying? Equal two, right? We know the careers of these artists, of these entertainers, because we support them. We watch them, right? We know how many records did he sold, and that's not enough records to put the shit together that he's been putting together. That means somebody is behind him financing him, right? Um, we know when Magic Johnson had all these Magic Johnson theaters, he didn't, that nigga didn't dribble that ball up and down the court that much on the Lakers that he had enough money to put a 60,000 square foot building in all these inner cities. And no, he wasn't, he didn't make that many behind the back passes. Ryan is furnished. They got some small hat behind them, using them as the front. You know what I'm saying? Using them as the front man, buying the businesses and shit in their name and they the real owners in the back. You see, that's like, that's the real hustle. And that's why, you know, the point I was going to make earlier, it's like, man, that's a backhanded compliment, man. They calling these guys billionaires and they putting these niggas on stage, man. You know what I'm saying? It's a little disheartening to see Diddy on stage in his fifties. I mean, he's out there on stage sweating, jumping around, shooking and jiving and Clive was sitting in the back. I'm like, bro, <laughs> I'm going to say this, bro. I got to say this. It's something about that small hat, man. That small hat put that stage in these niggas' soul when you're from New York because they always want to get on stage, man. I was listening to an interview of um of 50 Cent, and he was like, yeah, man, I called up um Dr. Dre, man, and I called up Eminem, and I was like, yo, man, we could do this, we could do that. Let's go on the world tour. And he's like, Eminem, and Dre was like, man, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hell no man we got money man we our kids is grown we chilling like but it's just that nigga from new york man that they got that stage and these niggas souls from you when you're from new york all they want to do is get on stage and perform man man it's a shame to see that listen this is how you know live nation man these devils ain't shit live nation gave jay-z a 10-year deal now they gave him the deal in his late 40s to do 50 a 10-year deal when you're 50, I'm like, damn, they're going to keep this nigga on stage till he's 60 years old. <laughs> and you know them young people don't know they got lyrics. What are you going to get out there and sing to the youth? He got a 10-year deal. He's going to be torn. And what is he going to sing that? What is he going to sing that the youth is going to? So every year what they have to do is he got to go on tour every February or March, right? Because that's what they do. They wait for our people to get their income taxes, then they? They just so happen to always throw their 
a Beyonce concert around that time. But maybe that's a different story for a different day. When you go and support the show, all the goddamn tickets is $350 all the way up to $2,500 a piece, man. That's because her husband, man, Jay took the $200 million advance for 10 years. So now they got to be on stage, torn all over the place to get that money back for they small hat daddy, man. We don't want that no more. That's Saul, beloved. We got to bring David in. If we're going to be on stage till we 50 and 60 years old, I mean, goddamn, we're going to be in the front and we're going to be in the back. I don't want Jay on stage and the owner for Live Nation. He's just sitting in the back. Oh, wow. That's a good performance. Go, Jay-Z. Go, Jay-Z. <laughs> Jay, goddamn, he out there. He cutting the music. He going acapella. This nigga 50 years old. He just... <laughs> They keep the New York niggas on stage. Hey, look like Diddy is performing with Mary J. Blige. Diddy. Clive Davis is in the back. But Diddy is on stage. But that's the thing. Because I can hear I can hear a lot of you guys right now. Say, oh, VJ. But look, though, brother. You know, rock and roll groups, they be on stage. You know what I'm saying? Today, 50 and 60 years old. And I'm like, yeah, bro. But they're not calling them billionaires. They're calling LeBron James a billionaire, and this nigga is running around on the court, diving for loose balls. <laughs> He's sweating and shit. I'm like, no. We thought getting a billion was financial freedom. Why are y'all niggas still on the plantation with a billion dollars? That's the backhanded compliment. You know that devil got to be sitting back like he in real control. Like, yeah, these niggas billionaires, and I still got him on stage. Beloved, don't you know that's the truest form of an Uncle Tom? Because see, some of these niggas just throw that Uncle Tom word around. They never read the book. The reason why Uncle Tom, because the real villain in the book is a character named Sambo, right? But maybe that's a different story for a different day. Uncle Tom is vilified because, see, when he used to go to, um, I think it was either Indiana or Ohio because Massa used to send him up there. At that time, those were technically what they call free states. So when he got up to freedom, he could have just stayed there. He didn't. He would come back south to the plantation. So that's why Tom became a joke, Uncle Tom, because he had the ability to be free, but he would come back. Okay. Forrest Magazine is a prestigious publication and is telling everybody these are the black billionaires, but y'all are on stage. How does that look? Rihanna's performing, the billionaire. Jay-Z's performing, the billionaire. Diddy's on stage, jumping and sweating, badass knees and shit. Him and Mary J. Blige, but she's a billionaire. LeBron James a billionaire. He's sweating, running up and down the court, losing ass record and all that. But he's a, like, bro, you serious? Now we're taught, beloved, that equality means being equal in all things. So if this is the definition, right? Okay, so that means that if the shoe was on the other foot, they'd do it for you. Do you think those small hats? worth a billion dollars would be on a black and brown person platform jumping sweating singing and all that to there's no way there is absolutely no way they would do that why are you doing that for them but that's okay beloved it's cool because Saul <laughs> Saul is on his way out David is on his way in you can't come back, beloved, and tell us you're a billionaire owner now. No, we know you don't own Ciroc now. We see you on stage. 
AJ, we know you don't own Ace of Spades, bro. We know you don't own Duce. We see you on stage. If you own it like you say you own it, how come your partner, Mim Bleak, who's been with you for 25 years, he's doing the podcast, bro? Won't you put him as CEO of one of your, the liquor companies that you quote unquote own? How come he's not the CEO of Duce or the COO of Duce? Goddamn, the president, GM, anything at Duce, he's not. He's on a podcast advertising your, but you're the boss. What the fuck I'm advertising? This is my, I need a key position. Give me a executive position up there or let me send one of my children to school and let them get an executive position. But you can't do that. You don't own it. All these guys in hip hop in New York City, we at the age now where all of the children are now adults now. Many of them went to college, got degrees. So how come they're not working at their brothers and sisters companies that own this and this liquor factory and this clothing line? Don't none of them work there and own there? Get a good position over there where you own? No, of course they don't. Because nobody owns shit. They all are used to be the face of a company. But beloved, the good news is that's all. That's on his way out. And David is on his way in. So yeah, we can um yeah, Diddy, you can keep your special guests when you're on stage. You ain't got to bring Buster Rhymes out because that's all these niggas from New York. They just got I said, man, them small hats put the stage in their heart. <laughs> 50 asked him to go back on tour. He's like, man, hell no. <laughs> He say, hey, M say he been watching his boss because that's how they played him at Interscope and Shady Records. 50 Cent, Eminem, Dr. Dre out front, Paul Rosenberg, and Jimmy Iovine was in the back. So now it's time for Saul to, you got to go and move out the way and let David come on in. Peace and black power to your family. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for hanging out, man. Real Black Content is one podcast. Big VJ. I get it with you guys later. Peace. Thanks for viewing the podcast. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe to the channel on all social media platforms. Real Black Consciousness Real Forum. Black Consciousness Real Black Forum. Consciousness Forum. And we out this piece.